Hey, Kimberly! Hi, Kimberly! <laughs> she is a solid live viewer. We love you, Kimberly. Absolutely and Kimberly true. loves this movie. Kimberly <laughs> loves this movie. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to Kimberly and everyone else listening and watching. You are hanging out in the video store with Matt and Kate for another episode of the VHS Club. We are talking Strictly Ballroom tonight, which is a 1992 gem of a movie that is Baz Luhrmann's first directorial debut and just absolutely fantastic so I'm so glad Kimberly loves it I hope that everyone gets a chance to see this one because it it holds up <laughs> I've seen it like probably it hundreds of times and it is just solidly good every single time so teaser 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 spoiler but it's good it's a good one <laughs> <laughs> how's it going now so, good it's going good. How are you? Good. Did you get a chance to watch this one? Rewatch. I this did. One? <laughs> we know you've seen it, but have you re-seen it? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure the first time I saw it was in the basement of your house and your dad had it on VHS. Yeah. 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 Totally it was before did. we were buying movies for ourselves. And your dad's like, I have this great movie. You guys need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it... we've loved it ever since. <laughs> It's so like rewatching all of these movies now as an adult. And I have no like concept as to how old. I mean, this movie came out when I was nine. Um, but I don't, I like have no concept as to how old I was when I originally watched it. Cause we, as a family, rented a ton of movies and bought a ton of movies. Yeah. We, we always had like a Friday night movie night and we had many other nights yeah. where we did movie nights. So like, I don't know how old I was when I watched it, but watching it again as an adult, I was like, I went like now that I have an eight year old and eleven year old, I'm like I don't I don't think either of my kids would have enjoyed watching this at the at the ages that they're at now. Like I, but maybe they would. I, who knows? Maybe they would have. If there's nothing like I don't think anything yeah. inappropriate in this movie. But no. I I was just like I loved this movie as a kid. I still love it. Yeah. I love it rewatching it now. But it's funny like thinking about what I loved as a kid. I wonder how old I was when I first saw it. Maybe I was closer to like twelve or thirteen. And um. I find storytelling in general is very different nowadays. True. It's like in movies like this, there, or especially in movies older than this, there was always an intro. I mean, movies used to roll the credits like of actors and stuff at the beginning of the movie, not at yeah. the end of the movie. So there yeah. was always like this intro and the scene was set. And now you watch a movie and it's like action. And 20 minutes later, you get the opening credits. <laughs> That's true. I, I will say, so it's like, very different. This movie, for those of you who have not yet seen it, and we'll we'll jump obviously into like the the full plot of it. But this movie is about ballroom dancing. Uh, it is incredibly 
glamorous, like in a really like fun way. But like, you know, obviously like all of the costumes and the the physicality and the music and the movement in this movie is really fun to watch. I I, I can imagine yeah. that for, I probably at least at least for my daughter who would be like super into I think just kind of the the glam and the glitz of this. So um, many so much glitter. Yeah, a lot of body glitter, rhinestones. Feathers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all it's, of it. It's actually really camp. <laughs> like it's, it's really camp and it's What's yeah. I think really great about this movie, and it was interesting rewatching it now that you know I've seen kind of so many other obviously movies and television since I originally watched it, but it it definitely is of the genre of this like mockumentary. Yeah, like it feels very much like Best in Show. If you've seen that, uh, it it has a similar feel to The Office and some of those things. I. Yeah, Kimberly's saying in the comments, it's definitely a corny movie. It's it's got like this level of comedy to it. It's Australian, so it's got the the fun of the accents. If it's you love listening, a, it's a bit of a satire. Really, it is a bit too. of a like, satire. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's very tongue in cheek. It makes fun of this um, very competitive world of of professional dance. Yeah. But at the same time, it really goes out of its way to show that all of these characters have real lives and real jobs outside of this very strict, rigid dance competition world. Yeah. So it really does poke fun uh, uh, like at this. Yeah. I think yeah. my favorite thing about this movie, and I, Nat can get more into the specifics of it because that's her totally her jam, but I... <laughs> the The basic premise of this movie is that there is a... Uh, a married couple who own a ballroom dancing studio. They, they do other kinds of dancing, I think, but ge in general, ballroom dancing studio. Uh, and their son is like the, you know, the up and coming, like going to be a big deal is already a big deal. Ballroom dancer. He's, uh, he's partnered with this, you know, beautiful, quote unquote, <laughs> you can take it as you will, um, woman. And like, vinyl yeah, everything is, everything is like, you know, in this kind of like perfect, it's his year. It's going to be absolutely incredible. And he throws it all away for this opportunity to dance his own dance moves, which is something that's like clearly super important to him. Everyone is flabbergasted by it. And yeah. as it turns out, there is a, a not woman... his regulation dance moves. Yeah, he wants there... to do his own steps, like his own regulation. choreography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, wants, he is. He has come up with his own choreography, and he wants to just dance his own dance moves. Which, I, like, I feel like, and I don't want to get too much into gender, but I what I love this about this movie is that here is like a man who is like this attractive, like accomplished man who is a ballroom dancer, which is already just incredible. And he's like, I want to dance my own dance moves, which like is already what you would expect like a woman lead to feel and do, but he just like owns it and is incredible at it. And then you are, <laughs> and then you are introduced to the female lead character who is like this very, when you first meet her kind of like mousy, quiet, like beginning dance student who like dances with another woman and she's like in the background and no, you know, she's like the one who is like helping to clean the studio. She's like, you know, useless. Like she's just, no yeah, one she doesn't have a male partner yeah. because she's not quote unquote good enough to even bother. 
compare her properly. But there is a moment in this movie where he's decided he's going (laughs) to dance his dance moves and, you know, and he's going to do his thing, but he's still a little bit uncertain as to how everyone's pushing back. He's going to lose everything, you guys. He's going to (laughs) lose everything if he dances his own dance moves. And enter this character, Fran, who is gotta be hands down one of like the best female leads out there because she just like walks up to him and is like i'll dance your moves with you and he's like i'm sorry what and she's like i'm gonna dance your moves with you i'm amazing i'm gonna do and like not only does she like have the guts to go up to this like famous incredibly attractive one like owner's son of the dance studio she's like it's trying like a nerdy to, like, girl yeah. approaching it's the like hot she's guy like, in high she's school she's all that like, but like not in, yeah <laughs> exactly and she, so she like goes up to it and she doesn't back down so like it, it, it i forget how long this scene is but re-watching this i was like you go friend he's like no I don't like, I don't need you to dance with me. Like I, you know, I'm going to figure it out. And she's like, I'm going to dance your, your dance. With you. No one else is going to, I'll let you dance your moves with you. I'm incredible. Like you can teach me anything else. I'll dance your dance with you. And like, it's just, just like, I've been practicing in my bedroom at yeah. home. Obviously I can do this. <laughs> like she, You've she never just... noticed this in the dance studio. <laughs> exactly. She just like, doesn't come close to, to backing down. And no, completely fearless. Completely She's fearless. fearless. Like right from the get. Right from the get. And, and you know, you you learn more about her, obviously, as the movie, you know, continues and they have this, like, wonderful whirlwind romance. But it's, I just love that scene because it's so out of nowhere. And it's not that I think that someone wouldn't do that, but it, it's just lovely to watch. Like, she yeah. just kind of comes out of nowhere and he's sort of like, tells her no basically and she's like yeah but i'm gonna dance with you (laughs) no means nothing (laughs) no means nothing in this and i know consent but also it's just great it's just he's like no and she's like yeah if you want to dance your dance moves you need me (laughs) so yeah i love even later when he does agree to to work with her and they're practicing every day they have three weeks to get to the competition um and so he he lost his partner because she ditched him. Yes, they're at like the semifinals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he did his own dance move because he got boxed in, which is um, it happens in a dance competition where you're like another couple basically make sure that you can't you don't have access to the stage. The judges can't see you. It's a really shady thing, but it's technically not illegal from what I understand. Yeah, dancing your own so, moves is apparently. <laughs> so there it you is. Go. Yeah. So he um he he does his own moves to get them out of being boxed in and then after the competition his partner has a complete meltdown is like i quit which we're all like yay you seem horrible (laughs) yeah exactly um but uh so they're they're him and friend scott and friend are practicing their dance moves and he's trying to figure out some choreography he's like i can't basically get from point a to point b and he's trying to figure it out but he's a little stuck and she's like how about and he keeps cutting her off he's like no no no, i got this no i got it and she just does it and he's like okay i shut up now and listen yeah (laughs) she does not back down for anything and no he like it takes him a while to appreciate her and you know eventually like fall for her but I just, I, like, 
I mean, talk about just like powerful women yeah. leads. Like she's just such a great, I should make both my kids watch this movie just for her character. Cause I, I just think it's so inspiring to watch. Right. Yeah. Like he, it's not that he's like even overtly mean to her in any, I mean, a couple of moments where no, he like just thinks himself, he has the experience. Yeah. He, I mean, he does like she does. Mm. She doesn't have the experience, but yeah. there's something about like her level of passion and like relentlessness that is just fantastic. And I, yeah. I don't know. I props to both these, all the actors in this movie are absolutely incredible, but um, but yeah, she is just awesome. One of the things <laughs> I love about Scott, and I really only paid attention to it this time watching it, mm. but every scene that he moves through, he's actually dancing. Yes. His like when he walks to the door yep. uh, to go see what he hears a noise in the basement of the dance studio and it's his dad tinkering around in the basement. Um when he goes up, he basically sachets up to the door and then poses with his porte bras. Like he, it's it's full dance. And it's and for dance. our listeners, I I used to dance not ballroom, at all, <laughs> but I used to do um, a lot of dancing a lot of, from yeah. a very young age until an adult age. But uh, I'm too tall, <laughs> so never did anything with it other yeah. than enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so he really like. And that was, I mean, that obviously was a Baz Luhrmann choice. And I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I also love how Fran was genuinely an ugly duckling at the beginning of the movie. Like they did such a good job at making her really ugly. And it's not like Rachel Lee Cook where it's like they take the glasses off and just like, she's beautiful. Like, Like I did not see how this was going to work out at the beginning of the movie when I first saw it. I'm like, there's no way she's going to be pretty. Yeah, but they she's... do it so well. It's so subtle too. It's not like an aha moment. It's like no. you see at the beginning, she's wearing very thick glasses, very baggy clothes. So she looks stocky. She's, she... she's frumpy. She's like the epitome of yeah, the word frumpy. Very. <laughs> yeah. Her hair is all messy. Her wild curly hair is like completely untamed. and then slowly you see her skin gets more clear and then she starts to brush her hair and then they take her glasses off and and she's wearing tighter clothes and it not tighter clothes like clothes that just fit her properly and she's just all of the sudden gorgeous (laughs) yeah oh yeah it's uh, yeah and i love that they include it in the storyline so they're you know she's she's sort of be finding herself in yeah. this like you know she she's all in she's all in on this like she sees this as an opportunity to go all in she wants to learn how to dance she what you know she believes in him and his, in his ability she sees the opportunity and she's there and yeah. so it like and i love that scott's mother and father own this this dance studio and, and his mother is like slightly vapid but kind of awesome but she like throughout the entire time she's you know she's like asking Fran to like stay late to clean up and she's and she's like recommending like face creams and things so it's like it's kind of yeah she kind of seems to do um like one of those like Mary Kay or whatever on the side so she like sells like facial scrubs and makeup she tries makeup out out on Fran like Fran seems to be very integrated into this world and into this family without any of them really realizing it yeah yeah no but you're right though she definitely is like she does a really fantastic job whether that's 
you know, a combination of the actress and, you know, makeup and costume and whatever else. But she does. She like, she really does. She seems very like normal well, and like average and posture and changes. Yeah. And, yep. you know, she's suddenly holding her frame. She has better posture. She's yeah. It's. And then the way she moves starts to kind of be like, she dances everywhere. Like Scott does. It's, yep. it's, it's very well done. Fascinating. And it's definitely not that, and the actress is actually beautiful. It's, yeah. I'm shocked at how they made her look so plain at the beginning. It's still like, no, not the same person. <laughs> I know. I like rewatched and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I like, and I like you, because in my mind, I see her in like the latter the half end. of the movie. Yeah. Where she's like yeah. in this like fabulous outfit and she's like, you know, doing this amazing dance. I, it's, it's a, I just, yeah, I can't, I can't encourage anyone to watch this movie enough um paul just joined us and snuck in the back door paul's seen this so you can chime in paul with all of your thoughts and feelings on this one but it yeah i just think like i can see how this movie launched Boslerman's career i yeah i can definitely see why it took so much recognition and why it was able to go beyond Australia, right? Like this was an Australian movie with, yeah. you know, with an all Australian cast, you know, I, tr- it is, I imagine. It was at a time, at that time where foreign film didn't quite reach. Yeah. It would have been difficult to get American shores, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I, you know, for a few fun facts to get out to everyone. So this movie started as a play um, that mm-hmm. Boslerman wrote while it's still in school um, he was a dancer, was a ballroom dancer. His mother was a, a dance teacher. So I'm sure that there was some semblance. I don't know if he, I don't know if he was Scott, everyone, but maybe there, <laughs> there was, so he just wanted to dance his own moves, but there was some, there was some semblance I'm sure of his life that came through it. I'm sure it was highly personal to him to some level. Uh, but it, I mean, it went from the Cannes Film Festival to a 15 minute standing ovation at the end. And then was. Yeah you know, was purchased by, I believe, Miramax Studio afterwards. So uh, it it went from being like, you know, a, a school project of something that I'm sure he was really passionate about to, you know, to fulfilling this vision. And hilariously, the most, I think, and I'm probably going to get this quote somewhat wrong, but the most expensive scene, I think, or part of this movie was actually <laughs> the scene that was filmed at Fran's house. So Fran, again, is like kind of the, ugly duckling she comes from a you know a um immigrant family she's cl- clearly like italian but she's playing a Spa- she's playing a spanish um yeah for, comes from a spanish family but she, she lives like literally on the wrong side of the tracks her house like g- is right up against a, a train station and so they actually like had to i don't know if they they rented or filmed they had to find a location that fit that environment and that was one of the most expensive parts of the movie for them was like that location but i think the scenes at at her house and the interactions with her family are just magical like i yeah it's i love how they're introduced too it's like scott follows her home one day or walks her home one day not follows that sounded creepy he (laughs) He walks her home one night no he doesn't though he does kind of follow her like she she is in this like phase where not phase that's not the right word she she she's taking dance classes which she's clearly like allowed to do she's an adult but she's living but she's living at home and obviously she has like this very kind of traditional old school family 
where she yeah. like you know she has obligations she's you know she's there to help out there we don't know what happened to her mother it but seems her they not run in the... a convenience store yeah so she's she's kind of hurrying home and yeah. and so he he's like following after her to you know because he he wants to dance with her but yeah, he yeah. does. He does in a non creepy way. <laughs> in a non creepy way, he's trying to talk more with her, but he kind of ends like up they uninvited get to her, at her house. Yeah, yeah, they get to her place, and you see, it's like the convenience store. You can tell it's kind of shut down. It's like dusk, and there's literally a trash can fire, like in the edge of the yeah. shot. <laughs> like, wow, they're really trying to point out she's like from the other side. <laughs> Tracks. she lives it's like on so the dramatic tracks. she's literally like, on them <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like from the glitz and the glamour of all the ballroom costumes to like trash can fires yeah but yeah she, her dad comes out and is like what is this who is this boy and he basically tries to like kick him out of yeah. the yard and she's like oh no like i just he's my dance partner and then immediately it's like her family, her grandmother, and a whole band just like up here. <laughs> like at the well, they're side. having they're having like a like a backyard party. I guess not I when mean, they, they don't first really have... met. Like we didn't know that at yeah. that point. <laughs> like, they have just... people over. It's hard to say why or how many, but they're yeah they do but kind yeah, of appear. And I do I love this moment because and Paul's saying this as well. The the grandmother yeah. is absolutely fantastic because you can see she's got this like sparkle in her eye. She's like very like, oh, like this, you know, like this <laughs> this very attractive man is here. Like and, and and Scott tries his best to be like, you know, oh no, like she's my dance partner and like and I'm like I'm a big deal. I'm a dancer. And the father is just like, okay, Perfect. dance then. <laughs> like, which course, is just like, awesome. They were practicing the rumba mm -hmm. and then all of the sudden scott makes this like unilateral decision to be like we dance the paso doble like to this spanish family yeah yeah <laughs> Which, she's like excuse me we have not practiced that and he's like just try and keep up and then it's like a complete washout yeah it was like thank god they didn't do that at the semi-finals because yeah. it wouldn't have gone well <laughs> No, it definitely wouldn't have. Yeah, uh, and Grandma decides to teach them, teach him how to feel the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. Yeah, <laughs> which she does in the movie, and it's one of our favorite scenes where she does by tapping uh, the chest to like get the rhythm of the dance, yeah. and like which is in tune to your heartbeat. And she just like rips his shirt open, and she's like, "Ooh." <laughs> She is. She is like, no shame, grandma. grandma. No shame, as as every Love grandmother her. should be. She's just completely yeah. ridiculous, and I, it, it's so great because it it there are so many, and Paul says this as well. There are so many things in this movie that come across in the in the moments without dialogue, in the quiet yes. of the movie. You have these two very different families very different universes right so i mean fran lives in this space where you know she has this high obligation to family she's lost her mother she's like you know helping with her father and her grandmother she has all these obligations she's making it work because she wants to dance whereas mm -hmm. you have scott who's you know has been given everything but he feels restricted right he's not able to do what he wants to do he's like somewhat embarrassed to even admit to his parents that he's dancing with Fran. He's still doing auditions with like all these other 
you know, all these other women. And, yeah. you know, there's this moment where he finally is like brave enough to, you know, to say that he, you know, he's ready. He wants to dance with Fran at, and I forget what level it is, but one of the competitions and it goes horribly wrong because, his yeah. fa- you know, his family overreacts because, you know, they've, they've found him the better, like more famous partner and that, you know, they're going to, they're going to help out because they're in it to win. Right. I mean, they own a, da- they own a dance studio. They've been like, I'm sure investing all of this time and money throughout their entire lives. Yeah. I mean, on, there's you know, also to succeed. the dance federation, like the people who, <laughs> who are in charge of judging again, the rules and all of this for yeah. the ballroom competitions, um, basically threaten his parents, like with, and, and his dance coach with like, well, if Scott doesn't follow, the regulation steps like that could be bad for the studio so like we do find out it's all about the money yeah they're well they're um, gonna lose at, i mean i like there's there's clearly a history there as well like so yeah. on one hand you're you know you're like come on like let him just dance when he wants to dance let him dance with fran like you know we're rooting for this for this couple to win and to be yeah true to themselves but on the other hand like you know the it's this is their livelihood and they've invested like you know tons of money and time their whole life and and, so we find out yeah we find out his parents were in dance in ballroom competitions when they were younger and he's been dancing ballroom since he was six yeah and he has two significantly younger siblings in this that are also dancing ballroom yeah uh little ballroom babies which they're hilarious they they're actually they kind of seem to be the narrators of this whereas everybody is very melodramatic throughout the whole movie um you have like the two the younger siblings that pipe in with like the voice of reason and be like oh look everybody's reacting like this because they're shocked at seeing scott and Fran dance together you know like yeah. in this chaotic scene where everybody discovers that they're dancing together yeah so they're really funny I also love one of the things I noticed was when Scott is, he's very well put together. He's very ballroom. His hair is all like properly coiffed and shellacked and his outfits are also proper. And then every time he dances with Fran and he's, you know, doing his own choreography and learning different types of dance, his hair gets a little messy. It gets fallen in his face. And then near the end of the movie when it's the grand uh, pan pacific finals mm-hmm. he's supposed to dance with fran he's told everybody's dancing a friend but the the board like the regulate regulation board the judges decide he can't do that because they don't want any new steps introduced uh for financial reasons and so they're like oh somebody's partners are tiring this really famous dancer we'll just have her dance with him so he's like oh, okay i guess i have to do it but then, you know, COVID brain, I lost my train of thought. No, I... I, I... <laughs> That's so real! <laughs> so oh, what ha- the COVID brain fog. What, what ends up happening is, yeah, they... they they lie. They lie to him. So Bar- um, Barry the Bee, as Paul is calling, um, he goes Barry over. Barry Fife. Barry Fife goes Love over. Who is the leader of the dance federation? Tell so there's a there's a backstory with Scott's parents. So Scott's parents are yeah. have been ballroom dancers for forever. But you find out at the beginning of the movie that his dad, who is like fantastic throughout this movie, my favorite very, character, very like 
quiet and kind of like dances to himself and doesn't he's you know very, his wife is very like outspoken and bold and um and so he, and but her husband is very kind of quiet and and in his own mind right so he he Barry tells Scott that his parents who he thought were were he thought his mother was a ballroom dancer and that his mother had danced with with the, the dance owner coach. of yeah of the studio yeah. d- dance coach that he works with but it turns out that his scott's father was actually also a ballroom dancer yeah. who wanted to dance his own moves and <laughs> and he was told scott was told by barry that um that his father did dance his own moves and it like it destroyed everyone right like it made his father go crazy it like you know almost ruined their marriage it almost lost the studio and his father is like according to Barry's father is like lives in shame as a result of this. And that's why he doesn't dance anymore. And it's this huge thing. Yeah. And that, which is kind of a, not a nice, it's kind of a nice moment for Scott because he, he is just sort of like let Fran down a couple of times by bailing on her. And then finally is like stood up and been like, no, I'm going to dance with Fran. I'm going to dance my own moves. Like he's found his backbone. And then yeah. the only thing that's really able to derail him is protecting his family, which is, is like a nice thing. I mean, he's clearly being lied to and it's horrible and you feel horrible for Fran, yeah. but it's it's a nice moment for the character where he it, it, he is willing to give up everything, including his own passion and, and potentially his relationship with Fran, which is, you know, yes. growing to this romantic relationship because he's worried about his dad and his parents and like his family, which I, I think is somewhat admirable. And so he decides not to dance. But what's kind of or not to dance his own moves and he decides to to go back to his original partner yeah. who is still, you know, who who has had a falling out with the, her backup partner and is desperate to kind of be <laughs> back with him. But I I think it's it's one of those moments where, like, you know, it's going to all work out well in the end because it's clearly like this very, like, you know, beautiful, yeah. funny, like romantic comedy. But it but it's that moment where you kind of understand where he's coming from and. It's nice because he it feels gives the, the pressure of responsibility. It, it yeah. is right. There is a lot of pressure to it, and I feel like that's that would be like a realistic response. And it's also nice because it gives the secondary characters the opportunity to rise to the occasion. So there, there are a yeah. number of like, there's a another um, dancing couple who are engaged, Wayne. <laughs> and they're really cute, right? They're like, and you don't really learn a whole lot about them throughout the movie, but they, you know, they've always kind of been number two to Scott and his partner, and they like. And they're friends and, you know, they've obviously grown up in the yeah. same studio as him and they figure out what's happened and they're, they're willing to throw away everything in order to like, you know, let Scott do his thing and, and, and. Well, yeah, they the find truth, out the right? competition is fixed that regardless fixed, of who yeah. dances, like the, you know, the, the drunk Ken and the champion Tina Sparkle are going to win regardless. <laughs> Ken and Barbie are going to win regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Paul actually picked up where I lost my plot before. You should have been on this. My episode point was <laughs> that so for Barry Fife, who's like the president of the the judging committee, mm-hmm. he has all these videotapes yeah. Yeah. teaching how, dance, how dance moves. Video, so if there's yeah. new moves, he's yeah. gonna lose money. Anyways, yeah. that was where well, that's yeah. where I was trying to go. <laughs> down to power control and money right everything comes down to yeah. power control and money but his his key move that his his tapes were selling was the the bogo pogo yeah which i love saying bogo pogo 
it's amazing <laughs> saying it in an Australian accent, which I will not try, but it is absolutely no. fantastic. I yeah, I, and I it it so this movie has this absolutely fantastic ending where Scott, even though he has grown up in this dance studio and he you know thinks he knows everything and he thinks he's this fantastic dancer and he's going to make up all of his own moves, he has learned how to dance the Paso Doble from Fran's family, her father and he's her found grandmother. His he's found his passion. He's found the or movement. Dance. Yeah. But he's but he's found it by kind of humbling himself and and yeah. learning learning from you know from someone who knows more than him, and he is able to dance it without music. So there's this really wonderful moment where he where, you know, he decides he's going to go in and he's going to dance with Fran. She's still thankfully like her grandmother and father are there and they have her costume and she's like going to run the out. Grandma's he, like. I knew it just yeah, in case I brought your your dance costume. Right. So they like And they, we brought one for you too. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly. Like we're just ready. We're absolutely ready. And it so they end up back on stage and of course it's this it's this battle, right? Because you have Barry with Paul says his flapping toupee, which yes. he's just oh, like God, the hair he's piece the, was so good. He is the grossest bad guy. Like everything about him, you're just like, you're gross. Everything about it's like him all gross. fake tanned, like yeah. puffy Ugh, alcohol yeah. swollen fingers yeah he's just gross creep oh god he's so funny he's so funny but (laughs) gross and so he there's like all this stuff like you know against him and here our friend and and scott and they're like they've decided like the music gets cut the the lights get cut yep and his dad just starts clapping like that slow clap and yeah. then the grandmother and father of Fran start clapping too so that they could feel the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> and they start to dance the Pasadoble and the whole audience joins in clapping. And then finally the evil Barry Fife realizes that he's been defeated. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, I, there are moments in TV and film and music, uh, you know, where you like, hear something or see something or smell something and it just like takes you back to a memory i like i just that moment where you're just like i could dance the paso doble i could do it when he slides in he slides slides in in to like center stage on his knees i still get shivers oh Oh my god it was like yes he finally grew a pair (laughs) yeah which was not what i was saying when i was a kid i'm like yay (laughs) like now i'm like Oh, good for you. Oh, yeah. it's <laughs> And of course, he fantastic. and Fran dance Paso Doble, and it's beautiful. And then at the end of it, basically, the competition just was a washout. <laughs> like, it never ended. And everybody from the stands all, like, jumps in to dance. The music goes back on. The lights come back on. And the song Love is in the Air starts playing, and everybody's dancing, and it's really adorable. It is. It's a really... The dad... Okay, so throughout the whole movie, like, right off from the beginning... The dad is like, can I bend your ear for a tick? Which I still to this day say that. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I do. <laughs> you I do. You do. About. And um, oh, it's so cute. And so it's like the whole movie, the dad is like trying to be like, okay, son, like I need to tell you just to dance your own moves. Yeah, like that's yeah. what you can do. <laughs> the dad finally stands up for himself but as he well. He finally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I love there's this one chaotic scene where they're all getting ready and the like it's in the morning. See, the kids are eating breakfast. The mom is still in her house coat. The dad's just reading the paper or whatever he's doing. Um, And it's complete chaos in the house. And they're 
trying to figure out how it's like a few days before the competition we need to find scott a partner and the mom's wearing that like i didn't murder my rich older husband <laughs> like house coat you know like the silk satin with the yeah. big like feather with the trim. yeah i love it it's so i mean honestly this movie is just ridiculous every scene is purposefully funny yeah and yeah oh i love it uh, yeah. I also love the flashback scene where Barry's trying to tell Scott, like, oh, your father, he lost his mind because he danced his own steps and it almost ruined your mother's career and he cracked up and that's why he's weird now. <laughs> that whole scene, first of all, was very pantomime. So yeah. that was really funny. They had like pantomime makeup and it was ridiculous. It was a fever dream. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like rewatching it, like, this is so weird. I love it. <laughs> It's so glorious. Oh, it's crazy. Oh, the one thing we didn't we didn't talk about that I has one of my all-time favorite songs is they Scott and Fran when she, after she first confronts <sighs> him, they have like it's like a dance music montage where they dance they end up dancing on the rooftop like, you know, on a yeah. hot summer's night to Cindy Lauper's Time After Time, which is like one of my yeah. all-time favorite songs. And it's so incredibly romantic and fantastic. Yeah. And what's even more sweet about it is that they they think they they hear a noise down when they're in the studio and they don't want to be caught together because she's a beginner and he's a famous dancer. So they go up onto the roof and the it's the father who's like always kind of fumbling around in the studio. And he's just like dancing his own moves on the So you see outside yeah. you know kind of staring directly at this studio you see the father dancing on the main floor inside and then and then scott and fran outside dancing dancing. His own steps. <laughs> and it's it i will say and i'm sure all of you who have seen any of Baz Luhrmann's movies will feel this way as well but the 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 visual and like the visuals of the films and the music and the movement and the costumes like he has yeah. a very clear vision and he nails it every single time and i i honestly don't think that there are there's probably only maybe five if i'm stretching it direct like directors that i can think of wes anderson is another one where like you could look you recognize a movie and you know who the director is and i feel like boslerman is one of those directors where even this movie which is vastly different from Romeo and Juliet, certainly from Moulin is Rouge. It? You can you can stare at them. It is though. Like I mean, in let's in, talk like, about it. Costumes, melodramatic, like side, like um, um I guess it characters. isn't. It isn't it, in. To- it isn't in tone and in vision. And it's in, also a coming of age. It's yeah. discovering who you want to be. Breaking I, through the rigid norms yeah, of society. Yeah, you might, or you might be right on all that. Yeah, I just like it's. You know, he, this one is a, like, romantic comedy. That one is 100% a tragedy. Like, there's certainly romance yes. in it, but, I like, it... I the, feel like he puts his The his time period, like, you know... With different like an, plots. <laughs> yeah, it's an all... Yeah, it's just the... I think it's just the overall... I guess the... I mean, obviously, just the direction of it and the... His and style, the yeah. production style of all of it, but yeah. I... Yeah, there's a beauty in his films that is is certainly incredibly intentional. And I, the only other director I can think of off the top of my head that is that close is Wes Anderson, where you look at his yeah. movies and you're like, that's a Wes Anderson movie. You can look at these Kubrick. movies and say, yeah. 
Yeah. You know Kubrick, because they're going to do that creepy Kubrick stare. That is true. Which I was going to just do that right now for our viewers, but I can't even, because it's just so creepy. Listeners, you'll be happy that you are listeners today. <laughs> do not watch the video version. <laughs> no. But, I mean, but mind you, Kubrick, it's the Kubrick stare. Once you see that, you know. But, like, yeah. this, like, fully stylized, yeah, mm-hmm. Baz Luhrmann and Wes Anderson are at the top. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I also it's... adore Wes Anderson. Oh, <laughs> I'm adoring the social media trend on TikTok <laughs> that everybody's like, oh, if you're going to take the dog for a walk, don't make it a Wes Anderson movie. And they do. And it's very adorable. Yeah, I am. Um, so let's we should get people to do that with Baz Luhrmann movies. I know, make everything should. camp. <laughs> we should make everything camp. It's not even camp, though, because yeah, it's like it's not it's it's I over mean, the top. I would say it's oh yes. it's it's big it's bigger than life it's like yeah it's exaggerated it's exaggerated yet somehow authentic yeah. I Paul says Paul's nailing it in the comments today he's saying it's it's like a very campy movie that you don't realize was campy until it's over and that is like a hundred percent yeah it's a hundred percent it and it I think part of that and it it obviously has worked with this movie and so many other movies and and TV shows, but that kind of like mockumentary style where you're breaking the fourth wall and there's like, there's, it's telling a story, both watching the story and then, and then hearing directly from the characters about what's happening, I think really works in a comedy setting. And it like, you can be kind of campy with it and and playful with it. And it just, again, best in show is another one. I mean, we often see it in comedy setting, film, TV, the office. Yeah, the, the office did a great office. job with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Katie yeah. and I, just for our listeners, we had seen the original version, which was, there was a British version of the TV show, The Office. Yeah, I feel like, like a years. lot of people know the British one at this point because Ricky Gervais. I I would think so. Super popular. But we but... had seen it when it originally aired, and then we like years what, we later, know what it was the before it was cool. <laughs> Yeah, my brother keeps accusing us of being hipsters. We are 100%. And I'm hipsters. like, no, we were, we were like this before hipsters. He's like, that's what a hipster would say. I'm like, there's no such thing as hipsters anymore. And he's like, that's also what a hipster would say. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Boslerman had nailed it long before long before either office came out. So there's that. Yes. Yeah. No, but it is. It, it, very, it lends very well to a comedy setting is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have to your- say... I do love the fashions in this movie because mm-hmm. um, they're all very like 1992 is very trending right now. There's the front pleated pants, the crop tops, the flouncy skirts, you know, like the floaty skirts, the, um, the crystals and glitter are coming back. The The glitter in the hair is coming back. Like I've seen that. Amen. It's, I'm in. it's wild that a lot of this, like all the style in this, which was very campy in this movie and very over the top, is actually just in style right now. <laughs> it's like people watched old movies and were like, let's bring this back. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Well, here are some amazing fun facts that relate directly to that, Nat. Ler- Boz Lerman met his future wife, Catherine Martin, in 1988. She was the costume director for both the Strictly Ballroom movie and the stage show. Um, he was which looking... apparently it's coming back. Yeah. Apparently which... there's going to be a strictly ballroom musical, yeah, and they actually one, just and they're going to do it. Yeah. I saw something about there. casting the Scott Hastings part. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'd go see that. Let's go the... to Australia. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. 
We should just go to Australia anyway. Um, I love Australia. I mean, everything there wants to kill you. Facts. True. They have the moist, most the moist, the most poisonous everything. (laughs) And it is quite moist the more north you go. Let me tell you, their humidity is on a different level. (laughs) Um, I'm just looking through some of these other uh, facts in a, in a, Big setback. The only theater part of a large chain that was to screen the film dropped it after an executive believed the film wasn't worthy of a cinema release. Which is For like, shame. I'm sure that they bit that one. Um, the song Love is in the Air became a top five hit on the Australian music charts. Don't get us canceled, Nat. Okay, if my terrible singing gets us canceled <laughs> for copyright, like you're stretching it, YouTube um, stretching it. <laughs> there were there are two hundred costumes in the show decorated with seven hundred and forty five meters of colored ostrich features. Some oh the yeah, no, there is so much, much ostrich feather. Is five kilograms. There are eighty four wigs in the show valued at four thousand. There are each. a lot of wigs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Th- that's those are fun facts actually about this stage show. But um. But yeah. That that is pretty. You know, it actually just sounds like a drag show. <laughs> it's up there. Con- controversial. Can we say that? I feel like. <laughs> I I oh don't. I have no factual basis of this, but I feel like this movie influenced drag, like pageant drag. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Ostrich feathers, glitter. The first scene that was filmed of this movie was the finale, the dance competition finale. It was filmed at a real dance competition during the one-hour lunch break. And Paul Mercutio, who plays... Mercurio, I'm gonna just. I'm in the. I'm in the Romeo and Juliet phase. Paul Mercurio plays Scott. Scott dance the, the dance that scene with a sprained ankle, which is really badass. All things considered. Um, That's yeah. brutal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I again when I used to dance, I've definitely danced on sprained ankles and broken toes. Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, how? <laughs> how? Used yeah. to just go like backstage and like on. not even backstage, side stage, crack them back in a place and tape them and go back on stage. Mental, mental. Used to pour blood out of my dance shoes, toe shoes, ballet. Ooh, <laughs> I love Paul's comment. I think drag influenced the movie. Correct. That is, Correct. Yeah. mind you, I think drag and ballroom. Well, I mean, they do have a very distinct link um because there is a whole ballroom scene that when drag was underground mm-hmm. um but yeah it's i love it i love it i love seeing this it was glitter and costumes yeah. and and now i'm like Comedy. i'm glad that we i'm i know this is like the wrong order to do these in because we really should have done strictly ballroom and then Romeo, Romeo and Juliet and then Moulin Rouge but mm-hmm. I'm glad we did them in this order because I feel yeah. like now I'm like very ready for Moulin not that I'm not normally ready for Moulin Rouge but like now I'm I'm at a high a heightened level of excitement getting ready for next week's Moulin Rouge because I think it's it'll just be I remember awesome. when Moulin Rouge came out and other people realizing that Ewan McGregor was as attractive as he is. Yeah, and I'm like, like he how did you sing? not realize this before? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's Scottish. He's beautiful. Yes, he's famous for playing a drug addict, but still. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. Train Spotting. That movie yeah. was called Train Spotting. 
um which if Definitely if you haven't seen train spotting and you'd like to see it um for people who are not great on a glaswegian accent put on the subtitles put on the subtitles uh there's no shame in that <laughs> <laughs> we will never judge you for putting on the subtitles. Did we, when we were in Scotland, did we not go to the train spotting bar it, in the from the second movie? We did. We, we did, walked yeah. into that, and I think they were playing um, a football match for the Americans, a soccer game. Um, <laughs> and it was, I, I feel like it was um, a Protestant bar, and we're we cheer, or I cheer for the Catholic team, and it, that's still a thing. Mm -hmm. That is still the Protestant Catholic thing is so real in parts of Europe and the UK still. I was shocked to see that that was like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like you have to not talk about religion for real because it will be a bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> that surprised me. I was like, oh, we're not over this yet. It's been a couple millennia, but nope, whatever. We're not over it yet. Oh. We are not over it yet. All right. Are we ready for our grand potato reveal? Yes. We really need to start reviewing movies where we don't give five potatoes. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Five potatoes. If you're new or if you're listening and you're like, what are potatoes? Potatoes. They're Christian taters. Are Christian taters. So our, our Christian Slater potato rating goes from one to five, unless we feel really adventurous and add in more. Uh, and, and you know what? Mm -hmm. I, I had to answer this question the other day on uh, yesterday, I guess it was, I was on, um, our friend's podcast, If These Balls Could Talk, which is a fantastic podcast if you're into sports. And if yes. you want to listen to me pretend to be into sports, you can catch yesterday's episode. <laughs> um, but we talked, they asked me why, why potatoes? And I told them that this particular run of potatoes was because yeah. we are constantly trying to one up each other with uh, gifts. And I won that year <laughs> in finding. You won potatoes. forever. I I'm won sorry. in founding a potato that I could put Christian Slater's face on and send it to you. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't I, I don't remember why initially potatoes other than, you know, other than we we had nicknamed it a potato. Our brothers. Potato of death. But I don't remember exactly. Yes, we do refer to our brothers as spud. So spud. That, but there's yeah, also the your younger brother, death. my younger brother. They're both spud. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. We really know. we should we should do our best to try to remember and come up or lie and come up with a really clever backstory. But but our our movie review Maybe system we just like potatoes is one to five potatoes rather than stars. And this movie gets all five because really, I mean, it's just heartwarming for virtually anyone. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we really, I I would watch hey, it any over movie and over. like any movie that can make you tear up with joy yeah. by the end of it where you're like yay i love this i'm so happy inside like if yeah. that it's a good movie it's a good movie it's a solidly a good, movie. good movie yep katie i have to point out you did actually inadvertently reveal the origin story of the potatoes <laughs> it is the potato of death yeah but I don't remember okay. why it was the potato of death. Oh, I know that in our history, uh, we had a potato guys. of death, but I don't know. They, John and Mark were like, what? What's and I was like, I just skirted death? over it. I was like, at one point, there was a potato of death. And I then I bought you. a potato that was dressed like Christian Slater. And they were like, what is happening right now? Let's okay. talk sports. Okay, let me tell you the origin story of the potato of death, because Katie Please doesn't do. remember. So come with me back down memory lane, Katie. <laughs> Um, we were at my cabin in the summer mm -hmm. 
many many moons yes. ago we this might have I remember. been between 13 and 15 somewhere yes. in there i remember the era i remember the setting i remember it involved adam and i remember there being our a friend adam and chris yeah yeah so i think it was you that asked and we were like, <laughs> like me. being right. young we were like on sort of like candy burnout like we had had too much candy too many yeah. fuzzy actual peaches. candy not really actual candy like actual like fuzzy peaches and yes. sour cherries <laughs> and gummy bears and gummy worms yes. mm -hmm. so we were like burnt out after the sugar high mm -hmm. and I think you asked if if you could be a potato, what kind of potato would you I, be? This is and coming we went back around to me. the room. Yes. Yep. And you were like, I would be mashed potatoes because they're yummy and delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I don't remember what my answer was, but our friend Adam was <laughs> like, was I would irrelevant. be the potato of death. That was <laughs> it. Like, that was what? It. Yeah. He never explained. He's like, yeah, the potato of death. Oh like, my gosh. What's the so potato of death? That's it. That's need, the story. That's we need obsession. to find and listeners and viewers and Paul mm -hmm. and Kimberly. <laughs> we need to find a movie that is so bad from the 80s or 90s that we can rate it just one giant potato of death. So jo join us once we're done with Moulin Rouge mm -hmm. and some other ones that we have on our list. What is the movie where we would be able to just rate it? A potato of death. I feel like that that's like the you know, rotten tomato equivalent where it's just like the it's a the the movie bombed, the movie Siskel and Ebert potato two of thumbs death. Down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We need to find we need we need to find that to really to I counteract know. all of these really amazing movies with like yes. to be a good review show. I feel like we need we need to experience like a movie where we're both like, Oh, that was bad. That was potato of death bad. In there was a movie in the 80s that was considered the worst movie ever made. It was so over budget, it made almost no dollars. Mm. <laughs> and it was a very big budget movie. Yeah, like how do you but define I a bad love movie, that movie. Though. Yeah, I was going to say, because there's a lot of those oh. kinds of movies that are like cult classics, right? Yeah. It is now. And for anybody who wants to know, that movie is... Um, street, The Streets of Fire, a rock and roll fable. Ooh. starring Michael Perry and Diane Lane and Rick Moranis. It's fantastic. I and Willem Dafoe. You know, oh. Willem Dafoe used to be like bodybuilder buff. Ooh, he was in this movie. This one. And then we can have it's a debate. So we can have a debate as to whether or not it really is potato of death bad. Oh, I like I it. it. I think we, we'll have to, add it to the, <laughs> have to add it to the list. Well, on that There's note, also... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. There's another movie that's really, really bad, and I also love it. It's I think it came out in the '90s. It's called The Room. Oh yeah, which I have seen The Room. I have James seen Franco room. and yep. which ugh, um, and Seth Rogen did a movie like a sort of also a mockumentary of that movie being made. Yeah. Um, both are fantastic. <laughs> we should watch both back to back. It's oh, so bad that it's good. Like it's it's genuinely terrible, but. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, we'll have to find just a bad movie. All right, we're on a <laughs> we're on a quest. Join us. Find video a terrible movie. Rental fans of which VHS movie? <laughs> so it has to it has to have existed as a VHS or maybe like early year DVD. If we but and not Hamlet that, two thousand. We already did that one. <laughs> in that area, 
Uh, my story about potatoes and slack falls. Yeah, I will share. Yeah, potatoes are potatoes are wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done it again. You wasted another perfectly good hour here hanging out, listening to movies. This one was amazing. Please go and watch it, rewatch it, force your friends and family to watch it, buy it and send it to everyone. Everyone should see this movie. <laughs> Next week, we will be talking about Moulin Rouge. If you like this show, which we hope you do, please leave us a review. We're we're working our we're working our way up, but we're going to keep doing the show anyway. So if you don't like it, don't leave us a review. But if you really like us, <laughs> leave us a review or better yet, share an episode with a friend or family member. That means a lot. Uh, we are here every single Thursday, most Thursdays, 98 percent of Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern <laughs> on YouTube. And then episodes drop um, video and audio wherever you listen to podcasts, including YouTube and YouTube music. Uh, and yeah, what else, Nat? What else do we have to say? What else is on our list? Yeah. We have to do our little outro thing. Not not this part, but like yeah. the music screen because we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Every episode I'm like, I'll write out the outro. And then I'm like, you know what? No, we're just having fun with this show. So yeah, you just have yeah. to put up with me. Oh, we have an Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. We yes. are at the VHS pod. You can email us uh the vhs pod at gmail.com um you can send us emails with movie recommendations you can leave movie recommendations here you can if you know us personally you can send us movie recommendations uh <laughs> we have a very long list i was joking uh, on yesterday's podcast on if these balls could talk about they're like what's on your list and i was like if i'm being totally honest with you like my list is movies. entirely in my head even though there are 300 movies oh i wrote it out and in multiple locations that i can't find it's in our shared docs i don't ever update so natalie knows my list and and sometimes the, the list gets hijacked with like other things that people put in front of me at the moment um or you know things i watch by myself versus things i watch in a group versus things i watch with my husband so yeah. it's a it's an ever-changing list but you can get your movie on the list just by being awesome and showing up Paul and Kimberly always get their movies on the list because they show up in our live chat. Yeah, we love them. We love them. We love them. Um, And Mel still said that she and Mark Pesci will come Mm. on to talk about Clueless. So that one needs to be on our list as well. We can quiz them. We could do a Jane Austen series. (laughs) We could. Except I really like the newest Persuasion, even though I know it's it's not. I loved it. I loved it. And it's too new for us to talk about. The kids didn't like it. The kids on the internet didn't like the new persuasion. I'm like, tell me what's wrong with it. Everything you said is wrong. You're not right. It is very good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I Persuasion, by the way, is my favorite Jane Austen book. Favorite. I know more than Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. But I mean, not like movie wise, obviously Colin Firth. And don't even come at me with the other one. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you are young enough to like the other one more than Colin Firth, you're not right. Go watch Colin. Get Park. out of the movie store. <laughs> You're not welcome here. Yeah, no. um, sorry, this VHS sorry. tape is damaged. It wasn't rewound. Oh You're banished. <laughs> well, on that note, we will see you all next week. Maybe we'll be talking. No, we're going to be talking about Moulin Rouge. We hope that you'll catch us next Likely. time. Thank you for everything. And be kind and rewind. <laughs> be kind and rewind. <laughs>